Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, April 28th. She's the official marshal of the Parade of Wonders to kick off the Calgary Expo. We speak with Mayor Jyoti Gondek for the latest news out of City Hall, including her thoughts on the public reaction to the new event centre deal announced on Tuesday. It's been a busy week south of the border with a big show of military might off the coast of Korea and the announcement of another presidential run from Joe Biden. We get the latest from Jennifer Johnson, Washington correspondent for Global News. And finally, the Calgary Expo is now underway at the BMO Centre and it's the hottest ticket in town. We get all the details you need to know on the star-studded event from Andrew Moyes, VP of Fan Expo HQ. No, we had the chance to speak with her earlier this week following the announcement of the Event Center Arena deal. Mayor Jody Gondek is back with us for our regular Friday chat ahead of the most important date that's been circled on her calendar, the Parade of Wonders at the Calgary Expo. We'll get to that in a second. Good morning to you, Mayor Gondek. Good morning and happy parade day. How are you? Yay! Want to get into that? And I know that you're going to. You've uh, agreed to officially announce your uh, costume uh, a little later in this segment. So uh, I'm glad you agreed to that because I said that, then you have to tell us. Uh, Anyway, let's get to the business at hand. And uh, when we spoke with you just a couple of short days ago, you were leaving on a jet plane to Denver for the City Summit of the Americas. Can you tell us how that worked out for you and what was accomplished? Yeah, what an amazing opportunity to meet with mayors from North America and South America and really talk about the types of issues that we're facing as local governments. And um, everyone was just overjoyed to be there with people who share the same responsibilities and the same values. And it was incredible to listen to the mayor of Mexico City talk about the fact that the inequity between the wealthy and the poor is something that we must eliminate. Um, listening to the mayor of Denver speak about the opportunities that are being created in his city by hosting events like that. It was just really rewarding to be able to put Calgary in a spotlight as well. I was able to talk about our investment into uh, transformational processes around energy production and just talk about the role of women in politics. So it was a very good event. So, Mayor, when you speak to the leaders of of sort of like cities, when you brainstorm like that, do you come up with some ideas that you bring back to Calgary and say, you know, when it comes to homelessness, for example, maybe another city is experiencing it and have come up with a kind of a cool and unique idea. Do Do we bring things like that back and then put them into the conversation here? Is that the point? Yeah, we absolutely do. And, you know, usually it's um, the big city mayors in Canada that get together to talk about, you know, the experiences we've had, what's working, what's not the partnerships we need with other orders of government. This time around, though, i got to tell you, the fascinating thing for me was people coming up and saying, hey, how did you manage to do your office to residential conversions? Because we're reading about you everywhere. Mm. So, you know, our city has really made an impact in North America, and people want to come here and figure out how we got this right. They're excited about the work that we are doing on the east side of downtown and the opportunities that we have um, with a lot of buildings being transformed. So Calgary has made the news and people were paying attention. The news this week, uh, Mayor Gondek, of course, uh, the event center, the arena deal, I believe it was, what, Tuesday afternoon. And now that it's had time to, to, to sink in and uh, people have had a chance to look at it, there have been some critics. And, and wondering how you respond to critics who say that the funds promised for the event center deal are unreasonable and the flames aren't investing enough. How, how do you respond to that? You know, there's there's always going to be critics, and I think questions are important. And I think for many folks, when uh, the definitive agreements are signed, they'll be able to see more detail that we just can't release right now because we're still 
in negotiation. The reason we went public with the uh, agreements in principle is because we felt it was prudent to share with the public the stage that we are at. And when it comes to the investments that are being made by each party, I cannot stress enough how important it is to build the infrastructure that actually creates that culture and entertainment district without the proper road access, without the proper outdoor and indoor uh, public entertainment facilities, without that community rink, it would have just been a facility. This is much bigger and broader, and I appreciate that people are being patient until we can release more detail. We know the uh, organization owns the team. The, the city will own the building, correct? What, uh, what else do Calgarians get out of this? There are a lot of people concerned what they are going to get is an increase in taxes. Well, I can tell you that the money that we are investing as a city um, comes from two sources. Firstly, there was money earmarked for the previous deal that we tapped into, and there is another um, tranche of money that we found in reserves. So this is a cash deal, so to speak. It does not impact your municipal taxes, um, and it 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 doesn't require us to go into any kind of debt. The other thing that Calgarians should know is that This type of an announcement and this type of a district invites investors to build hotels, to build commercial properties, and really make sure that all of that land that's just been sitting empty for so many years is actually activated. And when you do that, you create jobs, not only in construction, but the people that will be working there well into the future. And the health of that district actually contributes to property taxes over time for all of Calgary. So it is important to be forward-thinking and understand what this means for the future. All right, let's switch gears and talk about what uh, other business from Council, and that is taking a look at the effectiveness of the Safe and Inclusive Access Bylaw. Uh, In the eyes of Council, has it been effective, and uh, will it be kept in place as is? It will be kept in place as is. Um, It has uh, demonstrated to Calgarians that we are interested in their well-being. We've received a lot of um, positive comments around, you know, I feel better now that I can access these spaces and these places with my kids, with my family. So it is something that we continue to look at. I mean, after all, if you're making an important decision like this, you need to look at the empirical evidence of the impact it's having on people's lives. And so far, it has been received positively. Mayor, uh, flood mitigation update, is it coming today or tomorrow? I think it is coming. Um it's not tomorrow because tomorrow's Saturday. Yeah, I didn't think. I mean, we'll let you have a day off. So I, I know we're supposed to be getting some information, right, on, on how the, uh, what are we at, 55% of flood risk mitigated so far? Well, you know what? You'll be getting that full update. I think it's next week, actually, okay. but you'll have to forgive me. You caught me off guard with that question, but Sorry. I do know that that's okay. That resilience report will um, talk about the upstream measures that are taking mm-hmm. place. Um, it'll talk about, you know, the River Valley land use policy uh, regulatory updates, and it'll really help people understand what's been done since we experienced the flood in the past. Okay, good. Calgarians swept up in the little festival that could that has grown to the big festival that everybody has to get to and have tickets. The Calgary Expo, and I, I believe you're one of those Calgarians that have been caught swept up, Mayor Gondek, because you take part. Well, this is almost like a, a redo for you. Tell us about the Parade of Wonders and why it's important for you to take part. Oh, I just think this is such an opportunity for Calgarians to have a little bit of fun and to celebrate with people who care about pop culture and entertainment. Life is pretty serious most of the time. There's some pretty heavy things that we are all dealing with, whether it's government or individually in our families. I think this is just a chance to say, 
okay, let's just let loose a little bit here. Um, I think it is also incredibly important for the economy because the attraction of this type of, of an event cannot be underestimated. And I think as more and more people realize that Calgary is the type of city where you can have a focus on energy, you can have a focus on technology, you can also have a very big focus on the creative sector, this means a lot for economic development and it means a lot for people who participate in this part of the economy, whether it's a makeup artist, whether it's someone who does costume work, whether it's someone who is in graphic design, all of those folks matter. And I can tell you, it started yesterday and I took my son down. He has plans to meet up with his friends every single day of Calgary Expo. And it was busy just even the first hour of opening yesterday. Do you think maybe with uh, things like The Last of Us, uh, TV shows like that, it sort of allows an an event like Expo to bring in these big names? This has got to be their biggest one yet. You must be pumped because I know you're geeky about all that stuff. I think this is such a big one. I think it um, it raises our profile again on a North American stage. Uh, there's always a lot of conversation about San Diego owning Comic-Con. And they're the city to beat. Um, I think we can learn a lot of lessons from that particular um, experience in their city. And I think we just need to continue to encourage things like this in Calgary. We've got OdaFest coming up uh, next month as well. So you know what? We're a city that believes in creativity and entertainment, and that is on profile today. Just a few seconds left, Mayor, but as you promised, you're going to give us <laughs> full details on your costume you'll be wearing in a couple of hours to lead the parade. You know, it's shocking to me that the connection always goes bad at about this time <laughs> in the call. It's like I can't hear you. Andy, are you there? I get that a lot. We're breaking up. We're breaking up. <laughs> it is going to be a blast. Uh, let's see. POW, the Parade of Wonders. It gets going at 10.30 this morning. Opening ceremonies follow at 11.15. You can go to fanexpohq.com to get all the details. Throw any kind of uh, costume on or don't. Take part anyway. The mayor will be leading it in something costume-like. And it'll be a, a ton of fun, I'm sure. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody. You too. Jody Gondek, Calgary Mayor. This week, President Joe Biden met with his South Korean counterpart to put U.S. military muscle closer to North Korea. Joining us to discuss this and the latest news from south of the border is Jennifer Johnson, Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Good morning, Andy and Sue. Uh, Jennifer, what can you tell us about the deal that President Biden reached with South Korea? Well, the deal is called the Washington Declaration, and the two leaders have been working on it for several months. The big headline is that the um, United States is going to put nuclear-armed submarines docked in South Korean waters. This is clearly a, clearly a message to the North Koreans to you know, clean up their act, stop the missile testing, and if anything uh, escalates, there's going to be nuclear subs at their back door. A little bit terrifying, to say the least, I would say. Uh, Why is this so important that this even is a discussion? Well, Kim Jong-un has increased his missile testing. He's shown no signs of falling down. Um, He has now uh, created a missile that can be launched with very little warning. Um, It's a a fully-fueled interballistic missile, and so intercontinental ballistic missile. And so that really has made the South Koreans nervous. Um, so I think that President Biden decided that there needed to be a show of strength from the United States, and he's decided to put these nuclear subs uh, in South Korean waters for the first time in 40 years. So it is quite a uh, 
quite a show of strength, to say the least. Jennifer, are we hearing of any pushback or, or any reaction from North Korea? Oddly, no. Hmm. Uh, he hasn't said a word, but um, he usually responds by firing off some more missiles, so I would expect that to happen soon. Okay, uh, let's switch gears a little bit, but uh, stick with President Biden. A big announcement this week. He is going to run again in 2024. What's the reaction from within the uh, the party itself? Because is this just going to be a repeat? Everything old is new again? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think anybody was surprised that Biden is running again. He's hinted that he was going to do it. The problem was nobody else had emerged from the Democratic mm-hmm. Party that could come forward and, and, you know, and say that they were going to run and have some traction. Um, I think that people, you know, he's polling a little less than 50% in terms of his approval rating. Um, but those numbers have been going up steadily as inflation starts to ease and, um, you know, things, you know, places the pump get a little better. But I think the biggest concern among Democratic voters is his age. So Joe Biden is 80 right now, 82 when he finishes his term. And if he wins re-election and finishes that term, he will be 86. So, you know, clearly that's not young. Um, And I think that's the biggest concern among Democratic voters. I'd like to see a younger candidate. But as I said, nobody really stands out. Nobody's come forward. Gavin Newsom has started to, you know, poke around, hint around. But I don't think at this point he would take on Joe Biden. I'm not sure anybody will. So what's wrong with Kamala Harris? She doesn't poll well. Oh. Um, for whatever reason, she she just is not polling well. The White House has secretly said that, <laughs> yeah, well, they've said that they're going to put her more in the spotlight and try to get draw more attention to her and what she is doing. But she just doesn't poll well, and I don't have an answer as to why. Well, still talking about the upcoming uh, 2024 in the, in the campaign here. Uh, a name I'd not heard for, for quite some time making the rounds this week for a video, and that is former Vice President Dick Cheney in a TV ad supporting his daughter Liz Cheney in her re-election campaign, calls Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, a coward. Uh, what do you make of this from, from Dick Cheney, and will that move the needle whatsoever coming from Dick Cheney? Well, that's a really interesting topic because while Donald Trump is still polling as the front runner in the Republican Party. I wonder, and I do believe, there are big-name Republicans behind the scenes that are working against him, among them the Cheneys. There is not good blood with the Cheneys, not good blood with the Bushes and the Trumps. So while he seems to be the front-runner and, you know, like Juan DeSantis goes to Capitol Hill a couple weeks ago and four GOP congresspeople publicly say they're going to support Donald Trump after meeting with him. You know, so I think that while many people are throwing their hat in the ring at Donald Trump, I wonder what's going on behind the scenes in terms of the big name, the big families that are still very much a part of the Republican Party. Okay, that's your that's your goal from now on, Jennifer, is to get behind the scenes and find <laughs> out the juicy gossip. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just, you have to wonder... People like Dick Cheney are still very, very powerful, and you have to wonder because of what Donald Trump did to his daughter, and, you know, and what happened to his daughter, what what he is doing to stop Donald Trump. And I think the answer is quite a bit. 
Interesting. Let's also juicy topic is uh, the, the the letting go. Let's call it of Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson. Boy, that was I think big news for both sides because one is such a conservative, the other quite a liberal. Um, both of them kind of gross in terms of how they spread a lot of misinformation. But what are Americans talking about when it comes to this? I mean, I would say Americans are talking more about Tucker Carlson. That was the bigger shock. Don Lemon had been in trouble for, well, he got in a lot of trouble for saying that Nikki Haley was, um, she's also a Republican running for president, that Nikki Haley was beyond her prime. And most women in their 20s and 30s aren't, but once you get into your 40s, you're beyond your prime. That did not go over well with CNN viewers, um, his co-hosts. That, that, among other things, was not great for Don Lemon. Tucker Carlson was a bit more of a surprise. Now, Fox News just had to settle an $800 million lawsuit against Dominion Voting, and that was uh, you know, a vote-counting company that sued them after Tucker Carlson and other, other hosts on Fox News basically lied and said that Dominion Voting rigged the election and lost ballots, et cetera, et cetera. So um, Fox blamed him a lot for that $800 million lawsuit, but Tucker Carlson was also caught sending emails calling – some of his bosses the F word and calling a female boss the C word. Mm. And that did that clearly did not go over well. The the Fox News on election night called Arizona for Joe Biden and he was furious because he was sending an email saying, This is not what our our viewers want. You know, they're killing our shows. And he used those expletives against two of his bosses. And I think between the money they had to give to Dominion, and, and, you know, those emails, that did him in. There's also other lawsuits coming against Fox News. They're still in court fighting and trying to get these settled. One is a $2.7 billion lawsuit against another polling company. And, again, they named Tucker Carlson as, you know, the big name of the Fox News that was lying about what they were doing. And so he just got expensive and controversial, wow. too controversial. What an incredible uh, week. It's been busy. Uh, thanks uh, for uh, <laughs> yeah. unpacking it all this for us, what Jennifer. happens when Jackson goes on vacation. Seriously, right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, you just hand over the hot potato to Jennifer Johnson. Right. Uh, thank you so much for your time this morning. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. You too. That is Jennifer Johnson, Global News Washington correspondent. The annual fan convention known as Calgary Expo. It's underway down at Stampede Park. Of course, the Parade of Wonders kicks off at 1030 this morning with all the details on what's happening today right through Sunday and why you need to be down there. We're joined this morning by Andrew Moyes, VP of Fan Expo HQ. Hi, Andrew. Good morning to you both. Appreciate you being with us. Kicked off yesterday. What's the energy like at the 2023 Calgary Expo? It is super exciting. It's really electric down there. I mean, we're in the business of putting smiles on people's faces, and we've really had a great start down there at Stampede Grounds yesterday. People who've just moved to Calgary, Andrew, might not be aware of what you're all about. And what I think is outstanding is it used to be kind of that stuck in that comic expo type of a vibe. But now this is, if you're a fan there is something for you. If you can talk about the breadth of the different vendors and uh, the things you can see. 
Yeah, look, I think fandom has really broken through so many barriers. I mean, we've been doing this show for over 15 years now. And as you say, it was a bit more of a niche audience when it first started off. But now everyone's found that there's something for them at the show. We cover all different kinds of fandom, whether it's gaming, sci-fi, comics, anime, of course, is so popular these days. Cosplay, where people dress up and honor their uh heroes and superheroes by by wearing their costumes um so i think also it's the community aspect too so people can come down and find people that are passionate about the same sort of things and and celebrate the characters together um so much to see and do we really do a lot of family programming now as well uh because as you say we really want to create an experience where everyone can have a great time and Andrew, you know, you mentioned it, you've been going for years with this event and it gets bigger and better every year. And I would say this is by far the the biggest uh, group of names you've ever had at Calgary Expo. So is it easier to get guests coming into our city after shows like The Last of Us, for example, and, you know, our reputation as being Hollywood North? It definitely helps, no doubt. I mean, having that visibility and that understanding and, and that interest, I think, throughout the industry of, of the city um, really feeds into, you know, the formula of getting these big names through the door. I mean, it, I'm, it really is a... It doesn't come without its challenges, you know, when you're trying to get working actors with film schedules and, and lots of different commitments. So we're sitting around the table at the end of every year saying, OK, how are we going to top it next year? But... Uh, you know, Hayden Christensen, as you said, James McAvoy, uh, David Harbour. And these are just the on-screen actors. You know, we have, as I say, the, the top of the class uh, in voice acting, anime voice acting, animation. And, you know, the kids in the hall, too, some really great nostalgia. So we really work to present a broad cross-section so everyone's fandom is celebrated. And run like other exhibitions or, or trade shows, if you will, uh, the Expo offers up some very unique kind of like once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to get up close and personal, whether it's autographs, pictures, or, you know, the uh, Q&A sessions. Are those still available, or how quickly do those things sell out? Yeah, no, they're still available. If you head to calgaryexpo.com, uh, you'll see that there's photo ops, and that's so you get a professional photo op um, up close and personal with uh, the celebrity that you choose to to. Um, to meet and then also you have the opportunity to get their autograph too so what a lot of people do is they go in and they get the photo op and then they take that photo op and get that signed so um you know we work to uh work through as many people as we can so everyone gets the opportunity to meet their heroes and um that's what we do we're in the business of managing all those logistics so these once in a lifetime opportunities are, are seamless for everyone Andrew, I think one of the most fun parts to me is the fact that everybody dresses up from, you know, age two to 202, basically. But it just about everybody is wearing a costume and it makes it so much. You, know, you, you don't have to wear a costume if you don't want to. You're still welcome to go down, of course. But I love the fact that people really get into it and start dressing up in whatever the costume they have. Well, it's transformational. I mean, you know, we need entertainment. We need to break out and, and you know, have fun. And, and that's a big part of the expo. I mean, we talk about the celebrities. We talk about all the great shopping and all our unique vendors. But people are walking through the aisles and a Spider-Man will see another Spider-Man. And they'll get such a kick out of that. And they may stop each other and ask for a photo. People spend months putting together their costumes. And some of our fans have a different costume for every day. And, uh, and so they're celebrated and their incredible creativity is celebrated too uh, by their community who will ask them for a photo or 
tell them, oh, my goodness, that's a, that's an incredible costume or whatever. So it's that sense of belonging and celebration uh, that that is a really big part of this community passion-driven event. Very cool. We've uh, kicked it off, uh, of course, officially kicking off with the parade, but last night had folks coming on by. You want to check it out all weekend long. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Andrew. We appreciate it. Thank you both. Andrew Moyes is the VP of the Fan Expo HQ. And again, online, it's fanexpohq.com slash calgaryexpo. All you need to know. Or calgaryexpo.com if you want to simply go there as well. And don't forget, the Parade of Wonders kicks off at 10.30 this morning. Still time to get down there and take part.